Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, April 7th, and we are going to have a high of 13 degrees here in the Edmonton area. Good morning, my beautiful people. Don't blame. This is a completely underrated song. I don't know. I, I think that we, we, we completely took that song for granted in, in our upbringing. I mean, it was a little weird at the time. Right. It was like it was edgy and, you know, Carlos, yeah. Carlos loves it. Yeah, Carlos does love it. Carlos is a big Marilyn Manson fan. <laughs> I mean, I can't deal with you at 601. <laughs> oh, the best jokes are the ones that take three to four months to, to, to crack. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Yeah, how's everyone doing today? What do you got going on on this beautiful Thursday? Did you say? No, I said beautiful Thursday. Oh, uh, okay. My bad. Yes, please I, don't. Just don't. <laughs> uh, we are broadcasting live on the Podbean app as we do every morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. Uh, just join in. Um, download the app. And uh, join in on the conversation. You can ask any questions in the chat box. You can call in and ask questions. This is a free coaching platform every morning. And free networking platform. And free networking. Yes, absolutely. It's one hell of a network, if you ask me. I'd say, yeah. It's quite the community that's being developed. And um, lots of people taking action. Mm -hmm. In uh, fact, Kathleen's doing pretty good because she's going to look at a house tonight. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Tell us all about it. I'm hoping it's the one that uh, you told us about in the mastermind on Monday. Oh, right. So that'll be cool. Yes, yes, she says. Awesome. Awesome. It's still available? Yes. What day is it today? <laughs> Thursday? No, there, it's, it's, it's been on the market and it hasn't moved and oh, it's yeah. overpriced. So she's going to see what she can do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get creative these days. Yeah. Uh, things aren't sitting on the market very long. Mm -hmm. uh, what do we got for upcoming events, my darling? Mm, tomorrow, uh, we have our Friday Night Live on the Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group. Yeah. We're going to be talking about um, value add renovations for your rental properties. Yes. So basically what to and what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to be like a two-parter. Two, two it's it's going to be... You know what kind of renovations are going to increase the value of your renovation or of your of your rental property, but also which renovations are going to increase the desirability? Desirability. Sorry. Okay, I was yeah. like, wow, I finished your sentence and it worked. It's pretty close. Okay. Um, well, because there's there's two kinds of value. There's there's property value and then there's value to a tenant, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we want to make sure that we're not spending money on things that we're not going to get back. Yeah. Right. So some things we can do very 
cheaply to increase the desirability for tenants, which is going to reduce vacancies, yes. right? Um, it's going to make tenants treat the place better. And then there's also renovations that you can add that will just increase the value altogether mm -hmm. of the property. Meaning that if you do it, it will, you'll get that money back in, 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 a, in appreciation of the property, right? Yes. Yeah. You don't like to spend an extra $10,000 on a tiki bar if you're not going to get money, that money back. How much, I mean, what's, what's the true value of that tiki bar? That's a question. <laughs> I do not have answers. No. <laughs> so that's Friday. That's uh, Friday. Tomorrow, 7 to 8 p.m. Mountain Time on the Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group. Yes, join in on that. Yeah. Um, we'll see some of you on Saturday on the Calvin Realty Flip Tour 4.0. Stop mm -hmm. number one, see you bright and early in the morning. Yeah. So yeah, as she said, we're stop number one. So I think it's four or five different stops on his tour. Um, he's doing a tour for of, of, of flip properties. Yeah. Get to go and I think there's going to be 80 people on that tour. Yeah. Um, two groups of 40. <clears throat> our, one of our properties is going to be the first stop. Um, but then we'll be, we'll be on the rest of the tour as well. So mm -hmm. um, come say hi. And then uh, I believe there's an after party as well. Yes. A um, couple uh, drinky poos. Parlor. Um, parlor Yeg. Or I don't know. I follow them on Instagram. So I think that's their handle. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Italian. Well. Yeah. Pizza, pasta. Nice. I've actually, I was telling Wayne that like I had really been wanting to go. But every <laughs> time that we wanted to like find a new restaurant, I could never remember what it was called or where it was or anything like that. Because I just followed them on Instagram. And now... I like can't have gluten or dairy or eggs or anything. So I'm like, yeah, I should just maybe set this one out. <laughs> I'll let you know how it tastes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have our flip uh, meetup networking event for investors at our Leduc uh, flip property. Mm -hmm. So that is 1 to 3 p.m. We did have some spots open up yesterday. Um, we made a couple posts and they are gone. So, oh, wow. yeah, so we're full again. Um, looking forward to seeing those uh, three three people who got to sneak in there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that'll be 1 to 3 p.m. Leduc. Um, it's really cool because you get to kind of see um, a, a flip in progress. But also you just get to like network with a whole bunch of people who are all doing lots of really cool things, lots of different things, um, like-minded people. So if you are lacking, um, you know, a real estate investing community around you and you want to meet some people and start networking, these are great events to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, then mm, Monday, <laughs> Monday to Friday. We're very busy. Yeah. We're very busy. Yeah. Um, Monday to Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Mountain Time online, we have our free real estate investing master's basic training. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like I said, free. So, if you want a ticket, go to Eventbrite, um, Prairie Home Investments, and you will find the basic training event listed there. You can get your ticket. Online. Online. You do not need to be in Edmonton. Yeah. So, we're going to be going over the um, <laughs> basics and fundamentals of real estate investing, why you should, what you should, how you can, all those types of things. And um, also getting you outside of your comfort zone, um, doing some some stuff that might um, might push you a little bit, might be familiar with you already, 
who knows where you are in your journey. But um, yeah, we want to get you kind of thinking, thinking about how you can take action and stuff like possibly attracting joint venture partners, like start thinking about those types of things, yeah. about, about things you can do to start that journey. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. As am I. Um, what else do you need to know about that? 7 to 9 p.m. Mountain Time. Show up every day. Don't be late. Not allowed to be late for basic training unless you've messaged me. If, I know if, <laughs> we've had a few people message me like, hey, Wayne, like I'm real sorry I'm going to be 15 minutes late because I'm hopping on a plane. Or hey, Wayne, like I'm, 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 I have a client that's coming in, but don't worry. The, 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 the podcast is going to be on in the background. I just, if I don't answer, to, to please don't kick me out. Um, I just, I have to finish up with that client and then I'll be right in there. So I, I love the, I love the energy. Um, I love the commitments. I get yeah. it. Um, you guys are doing the best that you can. I just want to make sure that I'm doing my best at pushing you and holding you accountable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, life does get involved, but you know, you want to try and do your best at the end of the day, you know, can you say to yourself that I did everything that I could. Right. And if at the end of the day you say I did everything that I could, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but if you didn't, then, well, that's, that's, that's not, that's not okay. Right. Yeah. You really, <laughs> what are you laughing at? I don't know. Where are you going? You're over this? here doing business. You're like going to the calendar and stuff. She's just answering emails. No, I'm not. <laughs> The key to the key to success is is literally doing everything that you can. That's 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 it right there. You know, you it's if if you're half assing it and you're waiting until tomorrow, you're you're never going to succeed. Mm-hmm. You you have to do everything in your power at all times. Um, you need to do things that are going to feel uncomfortable. Right. Absolutely. So that's uh, yeah, Monday to Friday um, this coming week. So eleventh to fifteenth, seven to nine p.m. Mountain Time. Again, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite. Um, we look forward to seeing you all there. Yeah. So people, my beautiful people, um, what are you guys working on? I see you all here. I know, I know some of you because I'm working with some of you. I know some of you are doing some stuff. I want to hear what you guys are working on and I want to hear what you guys are struggling with. Okay. Um, we don't have things to talk about every single morning. So we rely on you because this is a platform for you. Mm-hmm. You are not my diary. <laughs> or confessions. Or my confessions. <laughs> confessions of a real estate investor. There we go. New podcast idea. El Ray's got a very long message. Yeah. I hope it's good because I'm just going to start reading. Maybe you can just start reading. Yeah, I've gotten through all of it actually. Okay. So I'll read it out loud. Um, so Elray and the Podbean app here entered into the chat. Wayne and Gabby, it seems that your current focus is more toward fix and flips. I understand that we all have unique situations and goals with multiple ways to go about achieving them. I am cur- curious as to why you chose this over the Burr method. I am a newbie, so maybe missing something. But in theory, if you can fix and flip a property, wouldn't that same property... Oh, sorry, a couple more messages bumped up. <laughs> If you can fix and flip a property, wouldn't that same property work for a burr? Is it because the properties wouldn't cash flow at the refinanced amount or that you would still have 
to have money? That's a great question. Uh, sorry, it continues. Or that you'd still have to have money in the deal. Or are you just not wanting to add more properties to manage at this point? I'm just curious as I want to pursue the Burr method and add secondary suites for increased cash flow. Is your decision based more on where the market is or more on personal circumstances? Fantastic question and fantastic um, like analyzing of what's yeah. going on. You know what I mean? Like, like didn't just see it and be like, oh, okay, I guess I should fix and flip. It's like, why? <clears throat> yeah. Um, please, if, if, you're, if you're following us every day, don't do what we're doing. No. I mean, take into consideration what we are doing. And There's probably doing a reason. Yeah. Um, but the answer to your question is all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, we are reacting to the market, right? The market is cyclical. So there are certain strategies that work best in, in certain markets. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are also certain strategies that work best when you are at certain points of your journey. <clears throat> maybe strategies that work best when you are limited on resources, um, but you have time. Uh, and then when you start developing resources, you'll start noticing people doing different strategies. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, where we are right now, it makes the most sense for us for what we are trying to achieve. Um, Already's been on the show long enough. I mean, you've probably heard uh, episodes where we talked about reverse engineering your goals. So, and and as well, it's not only just trying to find the strategies that, that get you to your goals as quickly as possible. It's also about finding and building a business that complements your life right now. Mm-hmm. So we have a six-year-old daughter. We, we work together. Um, there's certain things that you know, we want to make sure that uh, that our journey is also a- a- appealing for, for our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So flips right now, um, we decided to do flips because there was an opportunity to do flips. Now, we started doing flips before the market got hot. So um, here's my thoughts on flips. This is, this is a year ago. Um, we never really looked at flips. Like we'd done a little bit early on but we never had the capital for it. Okay. So flipping requires capital. So we never really looked at it. When I asked around in community, in the community um, years ago about flipping, everyone said, not a good time for flipping, not a good time for flipping, not in this market. It's not a flipping market. Nope. Everyone I, I know that's doing flipping is basically got ridiculous standards. They won't do a property unless it's got this much spread. So just don't even bother. And I listened to that. I listened to that for, for a long time um, until I went back and did the math myself. And I'm like, it could still work. Um, but if you're treating it as like a transactional type of thing, where it's like, I need a certain amount of profit per flip. It makes it a lot more difficult and a little more discouraging. But if you look at it from a perspective of like treating it like a business, so I'm not building, you know, like, you know, let's say a home builder. They don't just build one home, you know, a year. They build 50 homes a year, right? And if some of them don't make as much as other ones, that's fine. But did was the, was the business profitable at the end of the year, mm-hmm. right? As you go, as you start to scale, 
your quality is going to start to go down, but your quantity is going to go up. So you start looking at it from like a bottom line perspective as opposed to a transactional perspective. So starting the, 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 uh, the extra branch of, of flipping, our flipping branch in our business was just an extra arm to our business, an extra form of uh, income coming in. The, the goal, which we're not quite there yet, is to have, is to have it completely automated. Yes. To have it to a point where we do little to no work. We are the CEOs of the business. Uh, we make the large-scale decisions on choosing the property. We go and we sign the checks. And as the owners, unfortunately, we have to call for utilities. But that's probably where the line stops, right? Yeah. We call for utilities. We call for insurance. And then what we want is we want our crew to take care of the whole renovation. They know that that, that renovation is going to be the Wayne special or the Gabby special. Mm-hmm. These are the handles. These are the doors. This is the flooring. It's all automated. And as the CEO slash sometimes managers, we check in on the property. Um, so it just seemed like a really good idea for some of the money that we had sitting in our account that was sitting dormant. Um, when you've got money that's sitting around doing nothing, you want to make it work, right? You don't want it sitting in an account. And uh, it was a choice between um, private lending and flipping. And we just liked the appeal of flipping a little bit more. It's a better return, uh, a little more work, but it's also... There were, there were multiple reasons. I'm, I'm being an absolute open book right now, by the way. Um, mo- most investors or broadcasters won't give you this much information, but I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm an open book. Um, private lending would have been the easiest. Just get a nice, easy return every month. Uh, Interest-only payments. Wouldn't have to do anything. However, by doing flipping, um, well... Gabby loves flipping. I do. Yeah. She loves it. So I wish we could do, I wish we could just dump everything and just flip houses. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice. It just wouldn't be as profitable. It would, yeah. Our lives would be not as great. <laughs> and it's hard to maintain a routine. Yeah. But Gabby loves it. So there's, there's a plus. Um, the other thing was, uh, there's three reasons, but I'm absolutely brain dead this morning, as you can tell. Like my my mind is not think is not operating well. The other reason was I wanted to prove that it could be done. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing was that I was sick and tired of hearing all these negative people saying that it couldn't be done, and so I wanted to prove that it could. Um, and sometimes someone just has to go out and do it in order to give people the confidence. And then the third thing obviously is, is giving other investors confidence. I I'm a, I'm a real estate investing coach. So um, I can talk theory all day. I can tell you how to buy a property, what the renovations are going to cost and stuff like that. But if I'm not actively doing it, then, then I'm just a bit of a phony, right? There's plenty yeah. of coaches out there that talk about stuff, but they're not actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to walk the walk. So I didn't want to create a new job for myself. So I knew I had to turn it into a business in order to make sure that I was still managing my time according appropriately. But this way as well, when, you know, when I have a coaching client that calls up and says that they're thinking about flipping, at least I can tell them accurate numbers and accurately, you know, how to do it yes. as opposed to just theory. Yeah. So that was the other main reason. So if you look at it from that perspective for me, not for you, but for me, that makes the most sense, right? Um, now to answer your question about burrs, <clears throat> you nailed it on the head. 
um, we're, we're not trying to acquire any more rental properties. Yeah. That's just where we're at. We don't want any more rental properties. We made an intentional decision of how many properties that we wanted. To be honest, we want less. Um, the, the management side of the portfolio, um, rental properties are great for building wealth on a personal level. This isn't for everyone. Again, don't take my words and say, Wayne said, no, buy rental properties on a personal level. I think they're great for building wealth, but, um, they're not my favorite form of the bit, like part of the business. Mm-hmm. There's too many variables. Um, and this isn't meant to discourage you, but I would much rather have flipping or wholesaling or private lending where I'm dealing with sophisticated, you know, investors and, and, and professionals as opposed to tenants. Yeah. Just full transparency. Can I also just say one other thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so he, um, sorry, the, in the message, it also said, um, Oh, I wish I had it up here, but it was something along the lines of if the property works as a fix and flip, wouldn't it work as a burr as that well? That was the next thing I was going to get and, to. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the answer to that is no. Um, you know, like we are flipping um, single family homes that we are increasing the value and selling to, you know, basically homeowners yeah. at a pretty high price. And no, those properties would not work as rental properties. Um, the numbers would not be there. The ARV would be way too high. It would it would not make sense at all. Do you want to do math? Do I want to do math? <laughs> no. <laughs> do you want to do math? I think that this is valuable. I mean, if you're asking the question, then 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 the math needs to be done. Absolutely. Right? And I, I always say, do the math. Yeah. Right. So if we're buying a $300,000 property, right? Yes. Let's say she's that as an example. Yeah. And we're doing $100,000 worth of renovations. Yes. And it is now worth $500,000. Okay. Okay. Now, when you're doing a flip, you're paying a lot more in fees. That's right? a big profit, by the way. <laughs> it's It's pretty average. Yeah, it's pretty okay, average what we're dealing with yeah. right now, if you think about it, because it's a hundred thousand. But then there's like realtor fees, realtor fees, costs. holding okay, costs, gotcha. everything else. There's lots. I thought of you other, meant a hundred, like all in hundred thousand okay. dollar renovation. Okay, right? gotcha. See, that's and, and this is why we're losing bids right now is because um, you know we're going after properties for say three hundred thirty thousand dollars, three hundred twenty thousand dollars, and people are offering three sixty, three seventy. I'm like, how are they making this work? For it, the numbers don't work for a flip. But mm-hmm. it works for a homeowner who's coming in and just renovating it for yep. seventy grand because mm-hmm. they don't have the overhead that we do. Mm-hmm. They're not paying realtor fees, so they're they're still making a huge, significant profit on their on their home. But for a flip, it's it's very difficult to compete with. So let's say we buy it for three hundred and twenty thousand, um, and we uh, renovate it for hundred thousand. So we're into it for four twenty, and it's worth five hundred. Okay, that's pretty decent if you're doing a burr, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm going to use my original numbers because it's easier. <laughs> Sorry. There was a reason why I chose 300 and 400. Okay. So you buy it for 300, you renovate it for a hundred, you're into it for four and then it's worth five. So you're going to get your $500,000 mortgage and you're going to refinance at that appraised value. So that means that you're going to get a mortgage for $400,000, right? 80% of 500,000 is $400,000. And I'm running a mortgage calculator right now. 30-year amortization, 3% interest on a loan of 400000 Your payments are 1686 Okay. Your property taxes 
are $300. Your insurance is about $150, okay? That's just property taxes and insurance, okay? And we are already at $2136 in expenses. What's the market rent on that property? 19. 19, yeah. It's it's a nicer it's a nicer single family home. So maybe nineteen hundred to two thousand dollars. You're negative hundred bucks already, minimum. Not to mention the fact that we haven't even covered repairs and maintenance, property management, and vacancy. vacancy. Mm-hmm. If your rent is twenty one hundred dollars, let's say twenty one hundred dollars, and you break even on that portion, your vacancy. Uh, you know, amount you're going to put away for vacancy is going to be $168. The amount that you're going to put away for uh, repairs and maintenance, it's going to be like another $80. So you're 250 bucks in the hole, right? So not every property works for it. Now he had mentioned about adding a secondary suite. That's possible mm-hmm. too, but um, the mathematics right now in Calgary and Edmonton, they just don't really, there are some people doing it. They're buying houses and adding secondary suites and trying to do the burr. But the, just run the math again, right? I can run through the math very quickly for you. This is super simple. Um, the renovation to renovate a whole house and add a secondary suite in our area. And don't quote me on these numbers because everyone's going to be different. Is about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, if you're good. That's if you're good. If you get quoted by a construction company, they're going to quote you at one fifty. So, what price do you need to buy it for in order for that to make sense as a burr? Right. Let's say the after repair value of a suite of property is four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. What price do you need to buy that single family bungalow at in order for it to be a perfect burr? So let's say you get the property for $275,000, which, by the way, would be an absolute miracle right now. Yes. An absolute miracle if you can find a single-family home. Uh, You're going to have to find that off-market, and it's going to have to have three dozen cats in it. (laughs) Okay? If if you buy it for $275,000 and then you renovate it for – let's use $270,000. And you renovate it uh, for $130,000. You're into that house for $400,000, okay? Mm-hmm. If it's worth... So you got $50,000 in equity there, which is yep. which is pretty good. good. Um, so you're going to get an appraisal for four fifty. dollars um, You refinance it at 80% of that. So your new mortgage is $360,000. And you were into it for four hundred. dollars And you're into it for four hundred. dollars means you still have $40,000 left in that deal. I would consider that to be a decent burr yeah on a sweet house but you won't be able to get a true burr you won't be able to get all of your money out that's not possible what's also not possible is finding a house at two hundred seventy thousand dollars right now right most of those houses are selling for 330 right 340 if you bought it at 340 and you put one hundred thirty thousand dollars into it and it's only worth four seventy or four fifty afterwards. You're in the hole for twenty thousand dollars. That is not a burr. You're actually negative. You you spent more money than you should have. Mm-hmm. To give you an idea of you know why we're not doing burrs right now, it's just for me personally. I don't want to add any more rental properties. 
It, it, it will not change our lifestyle. Right. Um, and as well, just for you, I mean, run the math. It's you're going to have to find a unicorn property in order to make it work. Um, that's not to discourage you. That's just to shine a light on the math and to do the math always. Um, and it'll help making your decisions um, significantly easier. Yeah. And the people who are doing birds right now um, are, I, I mean, the ones that I know that are doing birds are finding them off market <clears throat> Yeah. and are getting um, the lower price point than trying to hit the MLS and spending, you know, like Wayne said, 330, 340 for them. So it's it's possible, but it's tough. It's not impossible. Yeah, everything's possible. Um, and and a lot of those people who are doing them right now also aren't doing true burrs where you're getting all of your money out. So you know they they're in theory going through the process of what a burr is, but they are not getting their full investment out. Do not listen to the fuckers on the podcasts who talk about how they did a perfect burr and all these other things in these small little towns of 3000 people in, in Ontario. Okay. Do not listen to the fuckers on bigger pockets. If you see a podcast where someone did a perfect burr and it put $40,000 in their pocket and now they're on their way to success and financial freedom. There's a reason why they title those things those ways. There's a reason why they have those people on and that's what they talk about. There's there's some sort of an agenda, right? They're, they're, they're trying to pump you up and get you all excited about real estate to buy their next master class or something like that. I'm just being totally honest with you this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, do the math. Yeah. Right? Can you see it? I just showed you the math. Can you see it? Do you see what I'm seeing? It's just not possible. What 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 is the price that you would need to pay for that house in order for it to be a perfect burr? I'm I'm actually curious. Um, a perfect burr would mean that you'd have to be into it for three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So you would have to buy that property for two hundred and thirty thousand dollars, hundred thirty thousand dollar renovation, and it have to be appraised at four fifty. Do you think you can find? A single family bungalow in Calgary or Edmonton right now for two hundred and thirty thousand dollars and get an after repaired value of four fifty? Hell no. And I told you that hundred and thirty thousand dollar renovation, you need to be good. Like you need to you need to have your own team and you know how to you need to like this is like your fifth or sixth burr. So um that would be your best case scenario for finding a burr right now. Um for a while there there was an opportunity with townhouses, right? Yes. Um, that's why we were telling people go for townhouses. There's an opportunity. Um, that that window is closing. If it hasn't already closed. Um, so just keep running the math, and 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 and, and you'll and you'll understand what 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 we see. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as you know, flipping a property and then refinancing and keeping it, well, we're not going to keep something that's negative five hundred dollars in the hole. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So um, there's kind of, there is quite a bit of chat going on in the in the Podbean app here, but uh, there is a relevant question to sure. that. Um, so Cody asks, "Can you tell us about financing a flip? You had mentioned private lenders are about seven percent. Um, if I went to a bank, what would the percentage be? And is private lender the best way to go? 
I'm looking to do flips to raise money for properties. Okay. Uh, private lenders. Um, if you want to find a private lender, you need to have a strong network and you need to find someone who's willing to lend you money. Yes. Okay? This is not something you can just call up 1-800-PRIVATE-LENDERS. Um, <laughs> uh, these, these are built off relationships with other investors um, who are willing to lend you cash um, or RRSPs in some cases, which is a little more complicated. Um, so you're going to have to keep going out to different networking events and, and, you know, hop on our real estate investing masters, Facebook group and, you know, do a video and tell everyone that you're looking for a private lender, right? It's, you need to build up a reputation, um, uh, and a relationship with a private lender who would be willing to do something like that with you. Alternatively, um, it one, it's not 7%, it's closer, like 10 to 15%, um, yearly. Uh, another option is there is a mortgage investment corporation in Calgary called Calvert. Um, you can do your research on them. They are, um, they provide like flip mortgages and like bridge, bridge mortgages and financing. So yes. um, that is their, that's their jam. That's what they do. Um, I would highly recommend speaking to, if you're going to go to Calvert, what I would recommend is go through a mortgage broker to go to Calvert. Because a mortgage broker, where you're at right now, I think having a discussion with them and having them help you get set up would be better than you going and calling them directly. Just being your first flip and everything else, they're going to ask you a bunch of questions and you might not be prepared for it. So if you have a broker in between, speaking on behalf of you, speaking on behalf of you, it might actually look a lot better. Wayne, do you know if Calvert um, charges the broker or if Calvert pays the broker or if you would need to pay the broker? Yeah, talk to your broker. I'm not 100%. Yeah. Um, so Calvert um, will have different interest rates depending on you, your experience, and how much money you're borrowing. So um, if you're borrowing 80% of the of the purchase and you're bringing 20%, then you know maybe it might be 10%. If you're bringing... Um, uh, 10% of the money, then your interest rate be, might be 12 or 13%. Um, they also have a, a flip mortgage um, called the, I think it's called like the $10,000 down mortgage, where it doesn't matter the price of the property, it's $10,000 down. And they will they will finance the whole deal 100%. Um, Including renovation? Not renovations, just the property. Yeah. Just the property. Um up to the appraised value of what you're sorry, what you're buying it for. And they will do that for, I believe 15.5% interest with a lender fee of, I think it's 1% or one and a half percent one-time fee. So it's very expensive money, but I mean, it's, if the deal works, um, then it's just, just a cost of doing business. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's another option as well. Um, but the answer to your question is to, to network and build, build up relationships and, and you have to try and find a private lender. You got to ask around to like who's lending money. Yeah. I also want to say that I don't know at what point Wayne or I said that 7% is the norm because that is ridiculously low. Yeah. Um, I think that if, so in my circles of people who I know who are using private lending, um, I do know somebody who puts down 35% and they get an 8% interest, but mm-hmm. um, so that's a lot of money in. And that's also a very low interest rate. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, like I'd say 10 to 12 plus is the yeah. lowest that you'll probably find in the private lending world. Um, also, one other comment that you made or that was a part of your question was um, whether you could go to banks or if private lending is kind of how the best way to go. And so banks, typically, I'm not speaking for every single bank, you know, that there is, but banks typically won't let you refinance for at least 12 months. So are you talking about burrs or flips? Flips. Or sorry, not refinance. Um, sorry. You're thinking sorry, burrs. I was thinking burrs. You were thinking but, burrs. But my, my point still stands. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so thank you, Wayne. Um, banks, if you go and get a mortgage with them, you go through that whole process, they approve you thinking, sweet, we're going to, you know, have this at least five-year relationship of, or, you know, whatever term you sign with them, but this relationship of, you know, I'm going to make, they're going to make this much money on their interest that they collect from you, yada, yada, yada. And that's how they set their rates, right? They set their rates based on the fact that you're locking in. Yeah. You're a a long-term client. They're going to make lots of money off of you. So then four months down the road, you finish your flip, you put it on the market, you have a 30, you know, you, you flip it in three months and you have a 30 day closing. So four months down the road, um, you discharge that mortgage and they're like, what the heck, dude? You know, like they're going to, they're going to charge you the breaking the penalty fee and whatever, but, um, you know, maybe you're on a variable and you just need to pay your three months of interest. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, that wasn't what we planned. And so then you go you gotta, and you got to remember that they're paying a lot of people to process your application yes. and get all this stuff done. The lawyers and the underwriters and everyone else. There's there's yeah. people that are on salary that they that they're paying. And then if you're breaking it early, I mean, hopefully they're, they're covering their costs. Yeah. But you just, you know, so it's, yeah. it's not and then ideal. You, and then you go and you do it again, maybe with the same bank or maybe with a different bank. And they're like, what the heck? And so eventually, you know, probably just one or two in that you do that they're going to realize, hey, we're not working with this person anymore. And what we did actually uh, learn this past weekend, uh, we had um, Cheryl Wilkes, mortgage broker with us, is that banks talk. And when somebody kind of gets like blacklisted or like, hey, we're not working with this person anymore, that can spread in the industry very quickly. So now not only maybe have you blacklisted with the one bank that they're not lending to you anymore, you don't fulfill your, you know, what you say you're going to do, but now they're putting the word out that, hey, you guys shouldn't do business with this person either. This is what they're doing. So that can extend either in this kind of situation where, you know, um, the kind of the, the fix and flip situation that we just said, where you're selling it in just a few months, but also, you know, this is something that house hackers who are trying to, um, you know, like buy a house for 5% down, live in it for a little bit, then move on. House and hoppers. Do the next, house hoppers, sorry. Thank you. Um, same thing there. You get blacklisted and you're dead. You're you're dead in the in the industry yeah, for lenders. For so. sure. It's um it'll work for one or two. You know what I mean? Like if you're just doing one or two, then go for it. It's um but if you're planning on scaling a flipping business, you gotta do it right. There are some B lenders that you can go to that might be lower interest. Talk to your broker about what kind of options are out there and what are available. Mm-hmm. Because like I could say this right now and in a week, you know, the there could be different options available. The, the The lending market is is just it's it's I can't keep up with it. Nobody can. Um, but another thing was that where was I going? <laughs> I, need, I need to write. I need to write things down today. I got so many different thoughts going on in my head. The do you want me to do you want me to move on to? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 
it'll come back to me. Okay. It'll come back to me. Um, Francis asks, can you please explain what an accredited lender is? And I'm wondering, do you mean an accredited investor or do you mean accredited lender? Um, and in what context? I mean, because are, are we talking about like, you know, finding JV opportunities and you need to friends, family or accredited and oh, no. investors? No. I don't know. Maybe some clarification there so we can answer your question for you. Um, what else do we got in here? Okay, so um, where was it? Josh. Josh W. Wow, do we have three Joshes? I thought we had two, but we have three. <laughs> okay, so um, Josh just purchased a hobby farm, wants to add a unit and burr, and then add container homes for Airbnb. Struggling with finding an A lender for the refinance. And the container homes would be after the refinance. So you purchased your hobby farm and you want to add a secondary suite and burr it. And you're having trouble finding an A lender who will do the refi. Yeah, I don't think lenders particularly like um, farms as investment properties. Or non-conforming suites, non-permitted suites. I don't, I don't think anywhere in here did it say that it would be non-permitted. Want to add a unit and burr, then add container homes. Yeah, the container homes would be after. Yeah, but adding a unit, I mean, like, it's, is it permitted for that? A I farm? I don't know. You know, so you're going to have to look into your you local. You mean zoned? Um, he's, he's calling here. You can have a okay. chat with him. Um, unless he, his finger slipped, which <laughs> happens from time to time. It does. Hello, Josh. Um, yeah, so we would be getting permits and trying to make it legal mm. and the container homes would be going after the refi because I know that the banks wouldn't like that. Yeah. A lenders don't typically like that's I say typically um, you just have to talk to a broker and find out which lenders will lend on a farm with a suite and get you the best uh, get you the best appraisal. Yeah. I think the problem is, okay. is that that farms like a farm isn't your typical investment property. Like to them, they'd be like, why, you know, like this doesn't make sense, a farm and, uh, you know, a, a secondary suite like mm -hmm. this, this doesn't make sense to us. So that might be why you're running into the, the issue to them. Like they want to see just like s something that's typical and that makes sense. And they've done it over and over again. And this is what investors are doing. This is what people are doing to, you know, um, help them with their mortgage, that type of thing. So when it's outside of the box, your A lenders are definitely going to raise eyebrows and be like, mm, I don't know about that. So that's probably the issue that you're running into, but definitely um, talk to a couple different mortgage brokers and you never know, they might, somebody might have, have done the process already with somebody yes. and know who to go to. Yeah. There's probably one or two yeah, lenders that would be specific for that. Yeah. I talked to a credit union and they said that they would probably do it, but they're not really giving me a clear answer. And so I don't mm. want to get stuck with the private lender. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Call a mortgage broker. Um, yeah, I talked to Cheryl. Um, we recommended Cheryl earlier. She, I, I, I have a feeling that we even talked about something similar to this on at the cabinet retreat. So she'll probably have someone. If, if not, and then talk to another mortgage broker and see if they because every every um, brokerage every brokerage has access to different lenders. Um, so if one broker maybe they're limited to a certain amount of lenders, another brokerage might have uh, other lenders. But 
I'm sure you can get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Great. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. You too. Who were we talking to before? Was it Cody? Yes. Was Cody was asking about the private lenders. Yes. Cody, I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> and I wrote it? it and I wrote it down. <laughs> there was one other key thing that I, I didn't want to forget. Was that when you're using um, conventional lenders um, for your purchase, because you're trying to save some money, right? You want to go and get two, three, four percent mm-hmm. interest instead of paying 10, 12, 15. One of the other big things is that um, timelines for approval. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're trying to buy a flip property, y- you need to move fast, right? As- Let's let's forget today's market. Let's go back two months ago, three months ago. Um, If you want a deal, you got to move quick. And having conditions for financing can really slow you down. It can also make you look unappealing or less appealing than other offers. So if you've got cash, literally in in your bank account, to buy a house all cash, or if you've got a private lender, right? that's going to be significantly faster. If you've already got someone that you work with all the time and they'll be like, yeah, sure. As long as I know you, you're a good flipper. You bring me any deals, I'll approve you. Or I can approve you in, in less than an hour kind of thing. You can text your buddy mm-hmm. or text that investor, send him the details and the comps and they look at it real fast. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. It's good. And they send you over a mortgage commitment letter. Like, you know what I mean? On DocuSign. Then you can go back to that seller and go unconditional. Right, or you can go with just a home inspection condition. Yeah. So, uh, sophisticated flippers um, will always have cash ready to go, so that they can write offers that are more appealing to a seller. So you can focus on the terms as opposed to having to focus on the price. Yeah, I get it. You want that price, but you know, can I get a little bit lower if I go unconditional? That seller might be like, okay, cool. Well, you know, they don't have to, I don't, they don't have to work. I got this person over here. It says three thirty-five, and then you say three thirty, but they have conditions on it for two weeks for uh, financing. And if they don't get approved, then I'm going to have to go back to you or I'm going to have to put it back on the market. So sometimes people just want like a seamless, I need out real fast kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And normally with flips, when you've got motivated sellers, that's normally a lot of times what they're looking for is they're looking to get out as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So if you can provide that solution, then, then it helps. So that's why uh, most flippers will go with private lenders because it's just faster and easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Glad, I'm glad I remembered that. <laughs> okay, so um, this is great. So much questions and chat. And if then... we don't get to all of them, um, we'll, we'll save them and then we'll do them tomorrow. This is this is really good though. Yeah. yeah. So um, Francis clarified, um, said, don't private lenders need to be accredited to be able to lend? Uh, no. So obviously if you're going to like a lending institution like Calvert or well, whatever. they're a mortgage investment yeah, corporation. They're, they're licensed. Yeah. They're licensed, um, Mick or whatever, REIT or whatever. They're Mick. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you are lending from an individual, um. Like I could be your private lender. Hey, Wayne, can I borrow $300,000 to buy this property? Sure. I write you up a mortgage commitment letter, just like a bank would or a lender would saying, here's my terms, six month term, three month minimum, 15% interest, interest only payments, 
paid monthly or paid in a balloon at the end. Yeah. Um, here's the loan amount. Here's the interest. Here's the monthly payment paid by e-transfer registered on this property here that you're going to be buying done. I send it over to you. You sign it. You send it back to me. I send it to my lawyer. My lawyer sends it to your lawyer. And then you go meet your lawyer in the office, just like you would for a normal CIBC or TD mortgage. You sign the mortgage documents, right? You bring your insurance uh, certificate done. I send the money through my lawyer to your lawyer. Your lawyer gives it to the seller that you're buying from just like a normal standard mortgage. I'm your mortgage company. It's just a private mortgage though. Yeah. So when I'm asking this, um, like legitimately, um, because my first initial thought was, um, no, just like you had exactly explained, but does this fall under the same sort of situation? Like how does this differentiate from say finding a joint venture partner? Um, who's going to go in and, and bring the money and that kind of thing to lending money? And wouldn't the same kind of like security regulations apply that you're not just going and being like, hey, buddy on the street, want to give me $200,000 to do this, you know, like um, this deal and I'll give you an interest rate and pay you out monthly. Um, isn't it the same kind of thing that like roping in a stranger that isn't sophisticated and know what they're doing and you could essentially be taking advantage of them? No. No, because I'm not offering securities. I'm not offering investment opportunities. Okay. I'm offering financing. Okay. Big there difference. You go. <laughs> Big difference. Big difference. Um, so the, the securities commissions or the, you know, um, whatever your, whatever your yeah. province, you know, calls it, whatever regulatory part, body, whatever right, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that prevents people from being taken advantage of the securities commissions. Um, they're preventing people from advertising investment opportunities, right? Right. If I were partnering with this person or no, that's, that's completely, you're not allowed to advertise investment opportunities. Okay. You're not allowed to offer securities. Securities meaning like guaranteeing a return of on your, on your money. This is not the case. I am a mortgage lender. Okay. So it's, it doesn't fall into the same thing. Um, and it's, and it's registered. My, my, my loan is registered on title, just like a normal mortgage loan is. Yes. So it's, not the same. So no, the, your private lender does not need to be accredited. I think that everyone's just kind of mixing up the accredited investor from the, the mortgage lender this yes. morning, which, which is fine. This is, this is good. These are great questions yeah. because these are clarifying questions that can be preventing you from taking action. So to be honest, this might be one of the most valuable episodes that we've done in a few months, like the amount of gold nuggets in here today, not the gold, just the, the clarification that's, that's yeah. coming out of this episode, I, I think is going to, Benefit a lot. Benefit yeah. a lot of people this morning. This is damn near a masterclass. Totally. You know what? You guys owe me money. <laughs> okay. I want everyone to e-transfer $500 to info at reimorningshow.com <laughs> right I was now. just taking a drink of water and I almost spit it out. <laughs> what? They owe me money. <laughs> Give me my money. Francis says 500 done. <laughs> For real though, this is this is the power of this platform, right? Yes. I tell you guys this every Finally morning. taking advantage of it. This is good. This is good. <laughs> you guys are getting it. This is free coaching. Yeah. You don't have to book coaching calls with me. I mean, it's there. It's right in the show notes. You can book a coaching call with me if you want one-on-one. -on -one. But get your questions answered right here. Yeah. I don't need the money. I just want to make sure that people stop DMing me. Yes. Right? I'm busy. 
Yes. Busy. We we created a platform to answer your questions. I if I can answer someone's question in a quick couple minutes, two minutes to answer your question, I will. I'm not a I'm not above that. But I need to make sure that I'm being respectful of my time during the day and my commitments, which is my business and my family. So I just I just don't want people messaging me during the day. Mm-hmm. So come if you want your question answered for free, all you got to do is wake up a little early. That's simple. <laughs> but I'm I'm really happy for you guys. You guys are taking advantage of this. Yeah. Um. And I'm going to record this and I'm going to save it and sell it for $500. This is going to be my private lending 101 course. <laughs> Jamie says, agreed. Plan on re-listening to this one for a few times. And you know what? Um, you might listen to a couple of times and it might still, you might still find a couple gaps because yeah. this isn't, this isn't organized or yeah. um, it's not a nice doesn't have little flow. Yeah. It doesn't have flow. <laughs> But, you know, think about it today, make some notes. And if it doesn't make any sense, come back tomorrow and ask more questions. Yes. Right. That's the whole idea. Let it simmer. Let it marinate. Come back tomorrow and ask follow-up questions. I mean, if it gives you guys the confidence to go and find some money um, to do your first flip and to raise some capital for your, you know, for your first property. I mean, hell yeah. I'd love that. It is a lot of information at first, though. But I, I will say, and I can say confidently, if you, if you can figure it out, you'll realize that flipping properties is actually quite simple. Um, I think people are overthinking it, thinking that they need all this money, but in, in theory, you really don't. Uh, you need confidence and just a little bit of education on who to call. Um, and that's the same thing with rental properties as well. You don't need to have a you know, 20% down payment and, and access to a million mortgages. No, you just need to learn how to raise money and get joint venture partners. Mm-hmm. You can have everything in everything that you want if you're willing to work for it. Indeed. What got else we got? The truth. Got a couple minutes left here. Um Ryan says mortgage commitment from private lender. I assume it doesn't matter if it's from personal or corporation. Which no. end? Which end? The borrower uh, the, or, or the, the from lender? the private lender? No, it could be personal or from their corporation. Yep, it could yep. Be personal. Whatever, I mean, wherever I, their their money is and wherever they're lending from. Talk to your accountant. This is a tax planning. Uh, no, from I think he, I I think Ryan and please clarify. I think you're asking about where the funds are coming from from the lender. Like, can somebody lend their funds from their Personally? personal account? Can they oh, or, yeah. and can they also lend them from their business? Does yep. it matter where their money? Is coming from, but yeah, I wanted he says to, the lender. Okay, I wanted to make sure that we're on the same page that, you know, you don't, if you're becoming a private lender, you don't yes. think that, like, talk to your accountant because you don't want any more personal income coming on. Um, you don't want to be paying any extra personal income tax Yes. if you don't need to. So you need to talk to an accountant to make sure that you're- Yes, you if you are the lender, strategy. yeah, if you are the lender, then yes, that's a tax planning what, where the money's coming from. Yeah. If you're the borrower, no, it doesn't matter to you whether the lender's money is coming from business or personal. Yes, yes. Cool. Patrick D. asks, what method do you use to find off-market deals? Thank you. Um, off-market deals can come from many different places. Didn't we just do... Finding off-market deals? A Friday, Friday live training, training on that? I think we might have, yeah. It's no longer available, though. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, snoozy lose, bud. You can find them Sorry. from a wholesaler. You can connect with wholesalers who may find you a property and bring it to you. You can... Uh, your, your realtor can bring you off-market deals. 
Um, so that can mean that um, th they might have a client that wants to list their house, but first the realtor might offer it to their uh, client database before it hits the market, right. before they do all the work to put it on the market. So that can be a private off-market deal. Uh, your realtor might also be working with wholesalers and mm -hmm. trying to find them a buyer. So real, your realtor can actually be a pretty big, um, as long as they have the investor network. Our realtor sends us tons, tons. of off-market deals. Every single day we have emails coming through. Yeah. Um, also, you can find them on Kijiji, on Facebook Marketplace. Um, you can go door knocking. Um, yeah, put your yeah. shoes on and go knock on some doors and say, hey, do you yeah. want to sell your house to me? You can do flyers. Yep. You can leave a flyer on the door if you're a little more, you know, shy. Shy. <laughs> you can put a sign on the street corner. Yeah. And dance next to it. Um, if you're not shy. <laughs> if you're not shy. <laughs> I'll buy your home for cash. <laughs> I wish I had. Some, I wish I had a little disco music. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can do, uh, marketing campaigns, direct mail marketing campaigns. You Patrick can... says, I'll get my speedo on. <laughs> yes, sir. You gotta do what you gotta do in this market. Man's gotta eat. Do a little dance, make a little love and buy a house. <laughs> what? I don't know. Sorry. I apologize. Can we rewind? I'll take that back. Okay, I'll cut that out. Corey, Corey says, I watched my partner door knock a house and buy it the next day. It was arguably the coolest thing I saw in 2021. Who said that? Corey. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it happens. If you're buying a property, a lot of times, like, it's kind of like, I did this yesterday. I went and looked at a house and I'm looking at the street. I'm like, oh man, I got a flyer this street. Um, it happens all the time when you buy a place uh, or when you own properties, um, you start to notice the houses on the street and you're like, oh, I definitely need to go fire that place. I'm going to need to go knock on that door. It's kind of like when you buy a, buy a new vehicle, you start to see that vehicle everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, nobody knows your, your area, your street better than you. Um, you start to see, you know, moving trucks moving. You see, you know, a lot of people coming and going and bad tenants and, and the shingles are starting to curl. I mean, you could say you're an expert in a certain pocket of the city, but you don't know every, you don't know what's go the, the what's going on, the goings of, of that particular street or those houses. So, you know, if you live on a street or you have a property on a street or you're down on a street and, and, and looking at a place and you happen to see across the street is like pretty beat up, go knock on their door, go leave them a note, mm -hmm. right? Always have a notepad in your vehicle. I mean, just a small one. Yeah. Um, Whenever you buy a property, I mean, go knock on the doors, five doors to the right, five doors to the left, across the street. Say, hey, I'm just buying this property. And, um, you know, if you're ever interested in selling yours, let me know. Yeah. Right. A lot of times I'll just do it. And if like, hopefully it's like the summer, it's nice. And people are outside or something. And they're, they're genuinely curious. Hey, yeah. are you buying that place? You renovating it? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, wow. What, uh, what'd you guys get it for? Oh, we got it for this much. Oh, oh, okay. Well, it kind of sets an expectation for what you're going to pay for theirs. Um, yeah, we're going to do a full renovation in here and, uh, yeah, we're going to tidy it up and they're like, oh yeah, that place, that place has been, you've had a lot of bad people in there, but that lady over there on the corner, she's really good. Um, she, uh, she knits, um, hockey jerseys 
Nets, Nets hockey jerseys. <laughs> yeah, like the hockey sweaters, like the Nets, the hockey sweaters for the kids in the neighborhood. Okay. And uh, the person over there, he 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 puts a rink up in his backyard every year, and uh, all the kids go over there and they play, and they have the little, they call it like the uh, the backyard uh, shinny tournament. And, uh, and that guy over there, we don't see him too much. He's a snowbird. Literally every time I go by a place, I went and saw one um, two days ago. I talked to the neighbor. He told me everything about the whole neighborhood. Yeah. Everything. He told me when the guy across the street changed his shingles. Like, just like we had a 20 minute conversation. I knew everything about that area. So, you know, and actually he told me that the person on the other side is only there six months of the year. They're super old. They're going to be selling that place pretty soon. Hmm. You know what I mean? That gave me intel. Like I should go write a note and say, Hey, when, um, I know you're not around very much, but when you're uh, thinking about selling, let me know. I'm very interested in buying your house, mm-hmm. right? There's a little bit of, like, you can, now you have a little bit of insider information. Yeah, for right? sure. As well, I mean, maybe they, they kick the bucket and the kids inherit the house and they, they're they clearing out the mail and then they see, I mean, you don't want that to happen, but <laughs> but like, hey, they're going to go call a realtor, right? So they're going to empty out all the mailbox and the flyers and stuff and they're going to see that there. That might be an easy solution for them than rather than having to clean out all of mom and dad's shit. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And get it ready for it to put on the market. So yeah. there's, there's lots of ways to find off market deals. You just got to get creative. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Um, all right. But I mean, I think if, if, you, if I had to sum it all up and, and tell you what my favorite one is, is the sign on the corner with you dancing next to it. I, I think that's 100%. Yeah. Um, actually, but my ultimate favorite is getting your realtor to bring you them because you oh. don't, don't got to do shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you got things to do, if you got a job, I mean, yeah. don't quit your job to go dance on the corner. Um, <laughs> have, have other people do it for you, do it for you and but, bring you the yeah. deals. Go hire some dancers for the corner. Well, now we're treating, now we're treating now this business. like a business. See, see, now she's treated like a CEO. Right. Okay. Hope you guys learned lots today. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Today is Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. Friday live training tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.